This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Not to turn into John Sterling and start quoting from really old Broadway shows, but sure, why not? I'll go there. If I recall, the musical 1776 had a song that went something like, Piddle, diddle, and resolve, nothing's ever solved. We were all really looking forward to seeing if indeed a return to City Field would help get the Mets out of their funk. Maybe playing a gutted team like the Nationals would help. And the answer is, we don't know. The Tuesday night game suspended due to rain in the top of the second, so the Mets are still 56-55. and 55. By the way, you guys want to hear something from Oklahoma, too? Uh, washed out Mets in the morning for you right here. Mets in the morning. Mets in the morning, oh yeah, Mets in the morning, gonna tell you what the Mets are doing while coffee is brewing now, here's Josh Lewin, scootily down. Well, they hoped to avoid the rain, they hoped to avoid another early deficit too, and as the Stones always remind us, you can't always get what you want. A suspended game to be picked up tonight with the Nationals ahead 3-1. to That game resumes at 4.10 in the afternoon. We'll go the full nine innings. The regularly scheduled game begins around 30 or 40 minutes after that and scheduled for only seven innings. Josh Lewin with you. I'm your weatherman. Hey, these things happen. You don't have a dome. You play in the Northeast or in the summer. Sometimes you get wet. You take a chance just crossing the street every morning or sticking your face in a fan, right? No resolution Tuesday night. Piddle, diddle, and resolve. Nothing's ever solved. But uh, we're still going to talk about this recent rut in which the Mets have been stuck. I went all Walt Frazier on you right there, didn't I? Speaking of rhymes, we've all heard in baseball the June swoon. It's a thing. And if you're slumping in July, usually we hear the phrase dog days. September, if you've had a bad month, that means you choked. But if you have a bad August... What are we supposed to call that? The Mets are making us think about it because right now they're one in seven. Where's the home run horse? Where are the Donnie Stevenson t-shirts? Those seem like sepia-toned photographs in a scrapbook right now. The Nats are in town for three. The Mets know that's just an appetizer before the main course. The souped-up L.A. Dodgers are swinging that weighted bat in the on-deck circle. It's like facing Odubel Herrera now before you got to face Bryce Harper. And remember what Odubel Herrera just did to the Mets this past Saturday. He crushed their spirit with a three-run home run. Heading into the Tuesday night game at City Field, where the Mets won 75% of the time through the All-Star break, keep in mind. I think a lot of us were still thinking about the two major issues that have held the club back so far. And they're still above 500, but they're, they're being held back by, number one, injuries to the pitching staff. I think you reasonably could have expected that by now, August 10th, 11th, whatever, uh, DeGrom, Carrasco, Syndergaard would have thrown 300 combined innings. Instead, they have thrown 100. DeGrom, 92. Carrasco, 8. Syndergaard, 0. Issue number two, disappointing seasons from hitters with a track record. 
The Mets very close to once and for all dropping the last in the majors in run scored. The Pirates were within five of them as of Tuesday night. Mets leaving 61 men on base their last seven games, 175 since the All-Star break. That's most in the majors. They've added 153 with runners in scoring position on the road trip they just got back from. So far in August, when there's a runner on base or runners on base and nobody out, chance to build a big inning, 3 for 29. Now, the offense last year, remember, was by some measures one of the best in the majors, one of the best in franchise history. This year, with most of the same players, it's been a struggle right from the get-go, or right from Jump Street, as cool kids used to say 20 years ago. I, by the way, was not among those kids. Might shock you to learn. Jeff McNeil's been decent, but not as good as he usually is. Alonzo, Nemo, J.D. Davis, they've been good, not great when healthy. And even Alonzo was 0 for his last 21 heading into this one, although with eight walks. No need to pick on Conforto anymore, but again, it's not just Conforto. Joel Sherman in the post reminded New Yorkers uh, yesterday or the day before that the Mets have not averaged this few runs since 1992. That was the club that was nicknamed the worst team money could buy. And the big money switch hitting addition was not Francisco Lindor, but Bobby Bonilla, who came in smiling and saying all the right things, too. That one went horribly wrong. Lindor, of course, well, he struggled early. Now he's out with the oblique injury. The smile is there. The positive words are there. He's going to have to win Met fans over, as Joel Sherman says, with his bat. I know he's eager to get back and do just that. Sherman wondered aloud about James McCann. An 86 OPS plus is the lowest by a Met with at least 300 plate appearances since Juan Ligaris' 2015. If you keep it on OPS plus, Dom Smith is not good either. 110th best of 135 qualifying players. Maybe the plunge of Smith, uh, and like Glaber Torres with the Yankees, can be explained at least a little in asking guys to play defensive position they're not really suited for. That can take a toll on your confidence sometimes. But even lovably cynical Joel Sherman said this at the end of his column. He said there's a prospect of Jacob deGrom potentially returning from injury in September, the possibility of the most dynamic double play duo in baseball showing off in Queens when Lindor is back and his childhood friend Baez is there too. There's a fact the Mets managed to sit in first place for 90 days despite everything going wrong. I think Joel's exactly right. And hopefully the Jim Harbaugh olive jar theory is in play. You guys know the Jim Harbaugh olive jar theory? Uh, Jim Harbaugh, pretty famous football coach, says sometimes getting a win is like getting that first olive out of the jar. you got to really work for it. Get that finger way down in there. They're all jammed up. But once that first one comes out, all of his brothers come racing out behind him. That's where hopefully the Mets are about to go. These are the Mets that were just clowned by Larry Boa, who you might remember very briefly was a Met. Uh, Boa said on Mitch Williams's podcast, he says, I've never seen that bad an offense since I've been watching baseball or playing baseball. They're terrible. Well, Larry, uh, let me introduce you to the 1972 Texas Rangers. That's been my go-to for teams uh, that I've seen that have an offense that's stuck in first gear. I always say, you know, uh, that team, which was actually a fairly respectable 15-15 and 15 to start, but then the wheels came off, and then the doors, and the steering wheel, and the bumpers, and the side mirrors, the rest of the way, that was their inaugural year. They were 29 and 85. They had a 3 and 22 September slash October, 15 game losing streak in there. They scored 30 runs in those 15 games. That was a long haired, mutton chopped, wild eyed ball club, early 70s. Very stark contrast to their crew cut manager, happened to be Ted Williams, 
arguably the greatest hitter in the history of the sport, he may as well have been trying to teach monkeys how to type. That team just couldn't hit. Ted Williams, 344 career hitter. The 72 Rangers hit 217. No one on that team carried even a 260 batting average. No one had 15 home runs. No one had 60 runs batted in. Rich Billings had 58. When it was reported to Rich Billings in spring training of the next year that the new manager had said, if Rich Billings is our starting catcher, we're in big trouble. Billings simply nodded and said, well, the manager has obviously seen me play. Anyway, let's end the preamble with one good thing about the Mets, and that's the defense. As of last week, the Mets were leading the majors with 49 defensive runs saved. Marlins second, Bruins third, by the way. The last four years into this one, the Mets were averaging being in 27th place in that metric. This year, they're number one. So there, I just put a hitch in your giddy-up, got you ready for our one-inning recap of a ball game that wasn't technically played last night. Warm night, human night, as we know. Maybe a game that never should have even started, but we'll take you out to the ballpark where the Mets have been zilching up the scoreboard for the better part of two weeks. The Nationals with a very depleted lineup, and really the only guy who scares you is a great Juan Soto. So, with two on for him and no one of note batting behind him, you're really hoping something like this doesn't happen. Here's the pitch. And there's a fly ball. Well hit to left center. Nimmo on the run. Going way back. It's gone. A three-run homer for Juan Soto into the M&M Sweet Seats beyond the 370 mark. And for Juan Soto, his 19th home run of the year, the second that Carrasco has allowed in eight and a third innings. And with nobody out in the top of the first inning, three Nationals have batted. And as Soto only now walks onto home plate, that is the third Washington run. Three up, three in. Howie Rose on WCBS and for Soto, his 19th home run, although it doesn't officially count yet. He led the majors in on-base percentage last year. So far, he's on pace to do it again in this 2021 season. Remarkable for a guy who was born the same month that A Night at the Roxbury came out at the movies. Him? Me? Me? Him? Anyway, uh, Carlos Carrasco recovered, got out of the inning, down 3-0. Mets fought back in the bottom of the inning with the rain picking up. And as much as they'd been up there swinging wet pasta in Philly, all four batters in the bottom of the first hit ropes. Nimmo lined out. McNeil a sharply hit ground ball out. Then Pete Alonso ended that 0-for-21 with a booming double. And up came Dom Smith with hard-hit ball numero quattro. Dom. Breaking ball hit deep to right field. Soto going back. Takes a look. And it one hops the fence. He gave up on that ball. It's on the warning track. Alonso scores. Smith jogging into second. Stops there with a double. Howie on the call again, and 3-1 to one at the end of one. That's as far as the two teams would get. Darn shame to lose Carlos Carrasco because of a suspended game, since the Mets are trying to get him stretched out. This is a guy you need to start going six, if not seven innings soon. Most he's gone so far is four. After the game was called, Luis Rojas was called on to meet the media. Hey, Luis, I guess first off, what does this do for your, uh, for your pitching now? Yeah, well, we're still, uh, we're still talking about it. Uh... I mean, we're ready to pick up the game there and probably start with Drew uh, at that point. Uh, since we lost Carrasco due to the delay, uh, we're talking about it more and more, what we're going to do tomorrow, picking up this game. Stevie A for uh, the continuation of the game. We're setting up Stroh for game two. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're still talking about it. Could that just be a, a whole 10 game the rest of game one for you? 
Oh, we don't know. I, I mean, at least we're going to start with Drew. Uh, and then we're, we're going to go from there. Uh, that was that was the plan as we were getting close to a potential decision, you know, but things built up behind uh, when when we were seeing or they were seeing that the rain was was going to was going to stop. MLB is in MLB's hands and umpire's hands. Uh, so we're, but we're we're kept in the loop about it. So uh, the decision was to start with Drew. And also, I, I know obviously it wasn't a complete start for Carrasco, but what did you think? And how does this affect him as he's trying, obviously, to stretch out here? So he came in and, and he did ups-downs here uh, in the covered mounds. Uh, so he did a number of pitches and we sat him down and we got him back up. So we simulated some innings for him. Uh, it's not the same by any means, you know, but there's some things that you can work and uh, that he can do uh, the up-downs close to what it is in the game. Uh, but I mean, he had his he had his pitch counts right. He, got, he had two ups there. Uh, he had some stress in that first inning, and you know that's something good for him to go through. Uh, even though he didn't finish he didn't finish the outing, um, but you know I think he'll be set to go uh, again in his next turn. All right, there's the manager, and uh, yeah, on a very unsatisfying night. We also have an update on Javi Baez for you. In the words of Collective Soul, he's doing better now. Wasn't in the starting lineup last night, but maybe in the next day or two, he will indeed return despite the wonky hip. The Mets who were in the lineup last night, I'll give you one nugget on each guy, just so that you're feeling like you got your money's worth today. Brandon Nimmo against lefties this year, hitting 347, 475 OBP. That is second in the majors among lefty hitters when it's lefty versus lefty. Good job, Brandon. Jeff McNeil, he's hitting 311. In the 31 games since the start of July. That is the Jeff McNeil we know and love. Pete Alonzo. How about a lifetime 338 average against this Washington outfit? He's reached base safely in 24 straight starts against the Nats now. That's pretty good. Dom Smith. This is not good. OPS with two strikes on him this year of 382. That is the second lowest in the majors. Early in the count, he's an assassin. Later in the count, jammed weaponry. Does not work out with two strikes for Dom. Michael Conforto, still tied for 7th in Mets history with Lucas Duda on the home run chart. 125 of them, but it's a big jump up next because Carlos Beltran is sitting there with 149. J.D. Davis, uh, 227 at home, but 333 on the road. A little backwards, as is hitting 179 against lefties, 329 against righties. You'd think it would be the other way. Jonathan VR. Just 11 for 61 with runners in scoring position. Batting average of 180. But he has 12 home runs and only 270 at-bats. Something you do not expect from a speedy infielder wearing the number one. James McCann. uh, Since we're talking about uniform numbers, uh, he wears, as you may know, 33. So I'll give you the last three players that wore that number for the Metropolitans. Todd Frazier, very briefly last year. Hector Santiago, the year before. And for seven years before that, this one you probably know, you might even have this jersey somewhere in your closet, Matthew Edward Harvey. That's the nugget you get for James McCann. Sorry, not a lot else that really pops right now. Uh, hey, before the Tuesday game, should mention to you the Mets hosted their sixth annual Mets Military Softball Classic. I was presented by Fiserv, uh, got the branches of the military against each other in round robin softball, took place on the field at City Field. Army was the winner, but everybody got the ballpark buffet in the bullpen plaza afterwards. Before today's game, something nice, Mets Wives will join City Harvest, New York City's finest, 
and largest food rescue organization to uh, pack dozens of family-sized bags with fresh produce and canned items at City Harvest will deliver to food pantries and soup kitchens all across the five boroughs. Really nice project that they have been doing now six years in a row. On the horizon, uh, well, after these three midweek games against the Juan Sotos here, there is another storm cloud gathering. And I apologize for the rain metaphor after what happened last night, but the Dodgers are currently in Philly, and their bus driver does know the way up I-95. Last year's champions will be here soon enough, and the Mets are going to see two aces in three games. Walker Bueller is 12-2 and with a 2.13 ERA. Just had an amazing month of July. He'll pitch Friday, and then Sunday, just when you thought you saw the last of Max Scherzer, yeah, he's not going to pitch for the Nationals this series, but he will for the Dodgers on that Sunday night game. Don't forget that is now a night game, 7.08 start, thanks to our very good friends at ESPN. So, again, tonight, 4-10 completion of the Tuesday game. 3-1 Washington in the second is where we hit the restart button. One on, nobody out for the Nats, and certainly no longer Carlos Carrasco on the mound. The Regularly scheduled game is now a seven-inning animal. It'll begin 30 to 40 minutes after game one is over. That regularly scheduled game is supposedly a matchup of Joe Ross and Marcus Stroman. Each man four games under 500 on the win-loss ledger, but both with very solid ERAs. The Thursday matinee, 12-10 first pitch, Eric Fetty against the 41-year-old Mets lefty Rich Hill. And I want to make sure you have the skinny on how the ticketing works. Only tickets marked Wednesday, August 11, Game 56, will be valid for admission to the doubleheader tomorrow. The tickets for the Tuesday night game, not valid for admission to the games tomorrow. So if you got a paid ticket for last night's game, the one marked Game 55, couple of options for you. You can exchange it for a ticket comparable in price and location to another home game coming up. Uh, and you can even do that for the doubleheader here. Uh, but excluding the Subway Series against the Yankees. Or you can exchange it for a ticket of a different price or location to another game coming up. There's a bunch of things you can do, really. But uh, if you have any questions at all, go to Mets.com slash rain, and they've got everything kind of indicated for you right there. So that'll do it for a very unsatisfying recap of a rained-out Tuesday night at City Field. Hope to see you there today or tonight. And by the way, if you want to engage with me at all, I'm always available on Twitter at Josh Lewin Stuff. And if you want to send some topic ideas, give me some feedback, that's great. You can also leave us a nice review or what have you if you like this project. We come at you every morning, Monday through Friday, come rain or come shine. With that, hey, let's thank that Mets in the Morning House band. Let's introduce them, actually, right? Give them some love. On keyboards, Josh Satin. Slapping to bass, it is Essex Sneed. The horn section is Vinny Rotino. And on drums, ladies and gentlemen, Ronnie Cedeno. This is Josh Lewin. Thanks so much for tuning in. Talk to you again soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.